This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by the new series Music City, premiering next Thursday, March 1st at 10, 9 central, only on CMT. You will say that. Welcome to Who Weekly, the podcast where you'll learn everything you need to know about the celebrities you don't. I'm Bobby Finger. I'm Lindsay Weber. And this is another episode of Who's There on this unseasonably warm winter day. Very relatable for all the New York listeners. Um, it's unseasonably warm, I feel like, through a pretty significant chunk of the country. Didn't I read that? Well, Did I don't I make know if you've up? heard, but like the earth is warming and, you know, it's because of pollution and... Mm-hmm. Over time. I was telling Lindsay, I went to this, I went to this really funny event that my friend Joanna does called Drunk Science, and it's like they have a they have a, a scientist, like a PhD in something, talk about you know some sort of issue. And the one I went to recently was about climate change. And this woman is like legit. She used to work in the same office as Stephen Hawking, like down the hall. I think she said they shared like a, a hallway. Anyway, she was talking about climate change. And the whole thing was real. There are comedians who were there, but the comedians aren't even the funniest thing. It's the actual scientist. And the scientist was talking about climate change because she's a climate scientist. And the whole thing was just like her talking about how there's nothing we can do about it. But what was funny about your story was that every all the comedians were trying to be funny, but then the scientists were just being real and they were hilarious. <laughs> the scientists like, the were like, like we're, yeah. The comedians were getting drunk and being like, LOL, like, Trump and she'd be like no yeah there's nothing we can do like we can't reverse this like it's too late we're like just you know but everyone's laughing she said people kept getting mad and they were like no but what can we do and she was like no you don't understand you as a single person can't do anything um we need to change legislation it doesn't look like that's ever, ever gonna happen and then people kept being like no but like wait like what can i do and then she was like you recycling isn't gonna change anything and someone was finally like you have to give us some sort of actionable action we can do like what can we do <laughs> so much. and and the climate scientist was like don't buy property in miami <laughs> Everyone laughs, and then they're like, Um, I also just got an email from a publicist. Can I just read you the first one? I refuse to plug what she's actually plugging, but it's very us. It's because all the, I don't know if you guys know, all the publicists that email Who Weekly, they just call it Lindsay. Like, I don't know why they don't know Mm -hmm. who Bobby is. They just like say Lindsay. Lindsay. So this one says, Hi, Lindsay. While she may be an A-list Academy Award-winning actress, Gwyneth Paltrow has made a name for herself for invaluable and out-of-the-box lifestyle hacks to make her fans' lives easier and healthier. (laughs) Like, I refuse to say what this is for, but I just love, Hi, Lindsay. While she may be A-list. It's like an apology. (laughs) It's like, sorry. My favorite... My favorite publicist trope is publicity email trope is that the subject line is like email the star of Black Panther and then you click it but it's no one you've heard of it's like it's like like Billy Gray like is in the background of one whatever. scene yeah. in this thing and it's always like email like interview the star of Orange is the New Black and it's like prisoner D you know <laughs> like it's no one you've ever heard of also I got to say I'm not going to name names but I've responded to more than one of those emails where it's like interview the star of X and then that's you know star D and you're like and can did I did not get responses <laughs> did not get responses hey like we are the place to send those to like we want to interview prisoner d but like why won't you ever respond to our emails if you're going to be the Let one asking talk us? to prisoner d this intro is way too long let's start with 
the comments, okay? Fine. We have a couple comments. Okay, let's let's start with the comments. Hi, Who Weekly. So I got into a very deep uh, When Calls the Heart hole on Netflix um, during finals in college, and I have a lot of insider info for you. Uh, fans are called Wennies, and they're kind of like adult horse people. Um, the show is very deeply Canadian. Like, uh, if you actually watch it, it's really based in, like, Canadian coal culture, and all the fans, I guess, like, like Canadian coal culture. So, like, the outfits make a little bit more sense, and, like, the whole thing makes more sense, but it's still very bad. And um, Lori Loughlin is not the star. Like, Lori Loughlin is very much not the star of this show. Um, there's this really weird-looking guy who wears this, like, I guess it's a, a Mountie um, outfit, and he, like, rides around, and he and this, like, young teacher, this young hot teacher who shakes up the town when she arrives, um, they have this love story, and so, like, that's the actual plot of the show, and Lori Lachlan literally shows up for, like, five minutes an episode, um, so just some fun when calls the heart insider info, so, uh, thank you, good form, Bella Thorne. Number one, thank you for calling in about When Calls the Heart. Number two, I still don't understand what When Calls the Heart is. What is it? I don't get it. I still don't get it. Canadian coal culture? It's that doesn't a sh- mean anything to me. It's a TV show, Bobby. Canadian coal culture. I just want to say I was the one who listened to the calls this week, uh, and a lot of you watch When Calls the Heart. But one thing I noticed is that no one actually watches it. It's always my friend watches it. My dad watches it. Someone I know watches it. I just overheard it. I just walked in on it. I was like, you guys are a bunch of freaking liars. Because clearly you know all these things about When Calls the Heart. Also learned that fans of When Calls the Heart are called Hardies. I don't like that. Hardies. Please consider, stop it. Consider, we are closing the door. We are closing the door. The episode was called, I don't know if you noticed if you were early to download, the episode was called When Comes the Heart. Like Bobby called it the wrong name on the title oh, of the I episode. Oh, I typed in the wrong name? Yeah. Oh, God. And then I, and then well, people were like, lol. And I was like, okay, I'm going to fix this. But it was literally called When Comes the Heart on the podcast. I'm actually mad that you fixed it. It's true to brand to have the wrong information I in the mean, episode I title. Put a, so. I don't know if I, I put a little star and then I put like, it's not when comes the heart, it's when calls the heart. Mm. I just feel like people who well, maybe uh, like when calls the heart would want to come find it, which they did. Everyone's moms always, and dads and they're cousins. Like, they're starved for when calls the heart content. They just need it. The Hardies. Next, next call. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Bobby. I just finished listening to today's episode, and Lindsay was astonishingly, astonishingly good at the Us Weekly game. I had a suggestion if you ever do that game again, if you want to call it. You could call it This Is Us Weekly. It's weak, but it's there. Just a thought. Good form, Bella Thorne. That is really good. But I got to say, Josh was listening to the episode yesterday, and he told me, he texted me, like, good episode today. Like, funny, funny, Fuck. funny episode. Wow. And then it was like, funny, the part about whatever. It was funny. But then it was like, you should call the game last weekly. Oh, that's which I funny. Love. So no offense, caller, but I think I like that more. Last weekly. Because it's going to be. Last weekly. But it would be from, from an last weekly from last week or just, is it? Yeah, but it ends up being last week by default, you know, because we record the episodes on Sundays. So it's last weekly. So, it's right. going to be last weekly. I, Although I still think This Is Us Weekly is really good. Yeah, it is really good. And, and I think also equal, combines, we may have to flip a coin. It combines two of our favorite interests, Us Weekly and This Is Us. Yeah, but I think Last Weekly is a little more evergreen. We may, there may become some, there may, 
something may happen to us we, the, to This Is Us where we like cannot talk about it anymore. We reach peak This Is Us. Maybe we'll so have a vote like, on our Twitter. How about that? Let's do a vote. That's good. Oh, we could do a poll on our Instagram yeah, story. Yeah, I love democracy. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, to quote Blanche Devereaux, we can do... <laughs> what is it? We can do what they do in Russia. We can vote. We can do what they do in Russia. We can vote. Hi, Weekly. Um, I just really wanted to talk about Fergie and her performance. Because I think people are being unnecessarily mean about this. And this is going to sound really obnoxious, but I have a master's in vocal performance. That was not a bad performance. It was a terrible arrangement. And I get that people feel it was disrespectful to the national anthem. But, like, who gives a shit? And I still really feel bad about her breakup. And freaking Josh Duhamel or whatever. Duhamel? Um, I'm still not certain about that pronunciation. Anyway, leave Fergie alone. That's where the call ends abruptly without a good form, Bella Thorne. Great. And I agree. I agree too. I agree. There was something, and I and I I don't know if this makes me a hypocrite or just selective when it comes to these sorts of things, but I I really found no enjoyment watching that performance. I was just like, oh, it's weird. Like it's weird. I I truly didn't even think this is embarrassing. I was like, this is very weird. Like she's trying something and failing. I wasn't like I wasn't like sad for her. loved it but I just like loved it I didn't like love it like lol I'm so embarrassed for her I just like loved it I was like oh it's like jazzy like she's jazzing it up yeah like maybe it wasn't successful jazzy but it was like I I, I don't know it wasn't people said that it, it was it was worse than Roseanne bars oh but it was come like Roseanne, on Roseanne was being a troll Roseanne was like desecrating the song and I think Fergie had the best of intentions and I and I think Fergie could have done it normally and it would have been fine and forgettable, but she was trying something and it didn't quite go out the way she planned. The number one like kind of rule with the national anthem though is you can't really like change it up or like mm-hmm. mess it up because it stands for a lot for people. This was on an event that I wasn't even watching. Bobby was not watching. It's like Fergie what was it per- basketball? Yeah. I barely like, know. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, it wasn't for us. Like, it's not for the people who would be like, Fergie LMAO. Like, it's not. Right. So that's even shows that it, it. she kind of did. She wasn't playing to her audience, which was the people watching the NBA game. What was it? Like, All-Stars? Who cares? Whatever. Uh, I mean, uh, it was basketball. I don't know. NBA, yeah. It was just the wrong audience for a Fergie like a jazzy performance, okay? But I appreciate the caller with their expertise calling and saying, hey, actually, she wasn't really off key. She was just like doing a weird thing and Fergie is a weird person. 
Fergie's a weird person. But can I counter I, that by saying I heard her like new song at this at this place I was working yesterday. I heard it three mm-hmm. times it was played. It's a terrible song. So please don't call me biased towards Fergie because that song sucks. I mean, her whole new album sucks. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, don't don't say we're like Fergie apologists. We're not. No, we're not. We do not like her. Uh, we are selectively Fergie apologists, sure. But it's not a blanket statement. If it's normal, not a blanket apology. If normal basic people come for Fergie, we're going to stand up for her. But we, <laughs> if we come for Fergie, then she's ours to tip drag. Okay? But if it's but if it's Josh Damal or Fergie, and it's like we have to pick a side, we pick Josh's side, oh, I would say. C- I'll, c- yeah. I want the guided tour of North Dakota. Okay, that's what I want. The guided tour, the Josh Duhamel guided tour of yes. North Dakota. Cool. Um, yeah. The last luck. thing I will say is we're basically Team Shaq. Can we talk about Fergus National Anthem? Oh, stop! Don't do that! Don't do that to my Fergie. Leave it alone. <laughs> Fergie, I love you. It was different. It was sexy. I yeah, like. Damn right, it was different. Leave it alone. I needed a cigarette after that. Leave it alone. <laughs> and Bobby. It is me, your Who That alternate respondent again. Um, I actually called like a couple hours ago, but I found something better per usual. Um, so let's talk about Chadwick Boseman. So this name probably won't mean anything to a lot of people, but he is going to be Black Panther in the much-awaited uh, 2018 Black Panther film. And I have known about Chadwick for a while because he the the king of like doing I guess biopics and so he has been everyone under the sun. He was freaking Jackie Robinson in forty two. He's about to be Thurgood Marshall in that new Marshall movie. And he was um James Brown in the Get On Up biopic. And so my question is, how many biopics do you have to be in before you become a them? And is it different for who that? I mean, I guess I would answer that last question, but I, I honestly don't know. Um, so yeah, uh, good form, Bella Thorne. Love you. So this call is obviously very old, but we saved it for Black Panther release so that we would have like a peg. Lindsay and I both saw Black Panther yesterday separately. We apologize. We wanted to have like a who that episode for this. Obviously it did not come together. Our two who that correspondents are very busy, but we have our who that correspondent who called in with the exactly kind of the right angle that we wanted to take it's like what does it take to become a then now that we know that black panther has opened like record to re- like setting records money wise everyone's seeing it everyone's talking about it it's like will this put chadwick boseman over the edge what and everyone's in it yeah and i think the the caller had a an interesting point which is that maybe indirectly which is maybe it's 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 hard to become a them when you're known for playing other famous people totally because you know? would you when you see him you're like oh james brown guy oh mm-hmm. uh or oh jackie robinson yeah which you know? is which is weird that he did two two separate he did, he did three but now if he's known as black panther that is actually a that's a, that's a, you know that's different he's not that's different he's like this is his own 
superhero. Like he, every person who plays a superhero, I think really ups their game like Mm -hmm. significantly. And and that clearly, I mean, he clearly becomes the them of this movie because he is, you know, the, the titular Black Panther, he's going to be in the... He will be in all of the other right. Marvel movies. Even though this is an ensemble movie, he is the one that's going to be in all of them because he is the superhero in the he movie. He is the one but signing the contract to be in all of these sequels. Like, yes, out of all I, of these people, you can tell. But an interesting thing about this movie, which um, my coworker Rich was talking about yesterday at work, which is so true, is that, like, as an ensemble movie... It does a better job than most ensemble movies of like giving everyone time. Mm-hmm. Like yes. everyone has so yes. much time in this movie, and yes. you feel like you get to know everyone in it, which is really cool. Like, yeah. it's very cool how much like they don't let anyone sit in the background. Yeah, you're right. First of all, it's long. That's why it's a little yeah. bit long. But well, like when Forrest Whitaker showed up, I was like, oh, what a cool cameo. But nope, he is. He can. He stays in it. And no, when Sterling and he Brown gets shows in, you're like, emotional. oh, what a cameo. And it's both like both of nope. them play to their strengths. Both are like really good actors. So like Sterling gets like this emotional scene towards the end, mm-hmm. which you didn't expect. And uh, Forrest gets an emotional scene like kind of towards the middle end, which you don't expect because they're kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, are they just like including them because Angela Bassett too? She gets like a little bit of an emotional moment, like she even yes. though she's kind of just this figurehead there is no stunt casting which is cool no um but i will say so we we've been spending time talking about all the thems the new thems um but ex- other existing thems who were in it i guess there's only one other one that we haven't mentioned two lupita nyongo yeah definitely uh who was the um the spy like the the really cool spy who may may or may not like be in love with black panther but like Ooh, there's a lot of tension. She was but she's, so good. She like saved the day. The she was beautiful. She like um, she fought. Like she, it was she's great. Yeah, I like that her whole thing was like she's not a fighter. She's just a spy. But then they're like, hey, you have to fight, and she's like, ugh, fine. And then she's a great fighter. I know. Anyway, she um, really was the uh, Andy Circus. I would almost call him a, a them just because he's everything. Like you, the name is Themmy, and he's the everyone. name is Themmy. But when I said to Bobby <laughs> that was Andy Circus, he's a CGI. He's a CGI them. He's literally a CGI, he's a CGI them, them like, and a human who. He's like a camouflage them. Like he's he's like the fish guy. You know, he's in he's everywhere and you, and yet you don't see him. Like he's probably in your apartment right now like like into in the wall like looking at you. No, I'm, I'm looking. It's like I'm looking around at my apartment and I'm like, "Oh, he's the oven. He's my oven." So he plays the um what's that guy's name? What's his name? Oh, like claw. the claw. They call, like Klaus, but Klaus the, they call whatever. him the claw. I, I mean, don't know. Yeah. Klaus? So he plays that really scary guy. And if you have ever seen a picture of Andy Serkis, which you probably have not, he's like a small man, but like they- He's like a small man, sort of like goofy looking. CGI'd him into like a giant body. <laughs> yeah. He looks like, he looks like a hobbit. Right, which is ironic. He looks like a hobbit. Because there is a hobbit in this movie. Also, another <laughs> debatable who them, Martin Freeman. I don't know what you think about Martin Freeman. I think he's a British them, but an American who. And he played an oh, American, yeah, which means he's a who. Do you know what I mean? In this movie, he's a who because you're like, where's that guy from? Like, I don't recognize him. If he spoke with a British accent, you'd be like, oh my God, it's it's Mar- that guy from Shirtlock. It's that guy. It's, it's that guy the from hobbit. Love Actually. It's the guy from The Hobbit. It's so, everything. I know he's playing an American and it's like very much crucial to the character. So it's unfortunate because you'll never like no one will recognize him because he's got that American accent I think like it's hard to place him without a British accent it's really it's also just very funny that they cast a a British guy to be an American the most British guy as an American in the Marvel Cinematic Universe they're like "Mm, let's just give it to a British guy he was great in it too he's such a Mr. Bean like to me like he's such a like oopsie oop to doop like he's such a like (laughs) sidekick oopsie you know when he's like when he's steering the ship he's like they're like you're a pilot and he's like whoopsie whoop, 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 whoop. when it comes to like whoopsie 
whoopsie white side characters. <laughs> I think he's better. He's like he's like a little more. He's like a, a slightly more like debonair Simon Pegg. Like yeah, he's a little more handsome. He's like a little more traditionally handsome than Simon Pegg. Because Simon Pegg is like what a nerd. Yeah, dweeb. And Martin Freeman is like what a what a like handsome like like dweeb. <laughs> Well, he could Simon Pegg could have played that role easily. Not to oh, like yeah. not to bring Martin Freeman down another peg, but like he like Simon Pegg. Another could have, peg. <laughs> another peg. <laughs> but not like to the, bring Martin Freeman down another Simon peg. Simon Pegg could have just like filled in. Like he could have been in that role too. But I just love that we Oh can't my god, find... we're spending way too much time. Imagine seeing Black Panther. It's like the two white hosts are talking about Black Panther. It's like, let's talk about Martin Freeman. I'm sorry, I just um, I just really, really, just... really find it funny that like I didn't recognize him because he wasn't didn't have a British accent. Like that's it was a huge um, hole in my brain for like the whole movie. Who's who will soon become thems or potentially already Also, are. I spent um, the whole movie being like so horny for Michael B. Jordan that like I could barely focus <laughs> on the plot. Like it was insane. Every time he showed up, he like did a new thing, revealed a new body part, had a new ponytail, wore glasses. I was like, this is like the horniest. <laughs> like it was like, I like couldn't focus. It was like Okay, so difficult. Michael B. Jordan, uh, let's call him a them. Let's I call think him a so. them. He's a them. I and if he wasn't so. a them before this movie, he's the them because he everyone loves them in this movie. Yes. Um, yes. Daniel Kaluuya uh, burgeoning them. I would still call him a who. I know, uh, I know. Didn't I had forgotten he didn't remember he was in this until he showed up and I was like, oh, there's Daniel Kaluuya. But like amazing casting because the person who cast him in this like what two or three years ago had like good foresight to know that this was mm-hmm. like the guy because he is like everywhere and he's all the right uh-huh. places, you know? So he was, if, in case you don't know the name, he is the main guy in Get Out. He's the boyfriend who gets um, brain snatched by Alison Yeah, and he's family. nominated it's for... It's not a spoiler, it's been a year. He's nominated for Oscar. Best actor. Yeah. Um, he's nominated for an Oscar. Uh, moving on, we had uh, Letitia Wright, who plays Black Panther's sister, who's sort of like one of the breakouts in she, the movie. She I definitely would say. is. She gets like a lot of the jokes. She's a lot of fun, and she gets to do stuff, which is a, a, another twist on the sort of like I'm the gadget person. Because usually yeah. the gadget person just gives the gadgets and like steps away. Then there was, I think, the main, based on you know social media reactions and just talking to people. I would say it was a tie between Winston Duke and then uh, Denai Gurira. But also, I think that Denai, because we don't watch uh, Walking Dead, but she's a big deal in Walking Dead. I think she was already kind That's of, true. quote unquote, out there for a mm-hmm. lot of people. But Winston Duke came out of nowhere. So I think to just like he was kind of the the breakout because he truly came from nowhere. So like yeah. he played the leader of like the uh, like The other gorilla. Wakandan tribe. So he he had a very satisfying arc too, and gets a ton of good jokes. So many good jokes. Denai Grira, she is. Wait, but what's like his the, deal? Do we, is there anything? Because he kind of came out of nowhere. He like did TV shows. He's done a lot of TV. And then he, he, I guess he went to Yale, and he like was auditioning for Ryan for like a long, long, long time. I guess, and it was mm-hmm. like this whole thing. And I guess he was kind of the one that like mostly was unexpected to be cast and like that's why he's the standout i'm trying to think if there's anything interesting about him anyways continue he's getting a lot of like very like sexy like fashion spreads or he got one in gq that's like um very good yeah like always the breakout yeah i feel like this happens to the breakout male star of the season always gets like a very viral gq spread oh yeah no for Um, sure moving oh yeah deny oh he's like friends with lupita from college oh right they both went to yale (laughs) yeah anyway Denai is, I would say, the favorite character of the movie that's not Black Panther, based on what I've seen, who I've talked to. And then who else is there? Oh, but she's, her big thing is that she's a playwright. So she's another one of those, like, people who just does a lot of shit. Yeah. She was a, she's a playwright. She's, like, super smart. She speaks, like, I went to her Wikipedia. She speaks, like, five languages. (laughs) 
Eclipsed was nominated for Tonys. It didn't win any, but Lupita was an Eclipse. That was a really big deal because it was like a, it was like a limited run I remember on that. Broadway. I remember. But the thing and is, she's from The Walking Dead. I think she actually is yes. dead on The Walking Dead. Like she's not on it anymore. <laughs> Isn't so, everyone dead on The Walking Dead? Well, that's what Dead, I mean. Honestly. I mentioned it to my friend Brian last night, and he was like, "I think she's dead." Like I don't I, like he still watches it, and he was like, "I'm not sure if he's dead." Like if you watch the show and you're not sure, like that's crazy to me. Also, The Walking Dead's an insane show, but it's hugely popular, hugely popular. Yeah. So she is like not out of the blue for most people is what I'm kind of trying yeah. to say. For, like, for me, someone who's never seen Walking Dead, she was out of the blue. And then... Um, for most people, no. I think for most people, no. Yeah. Yeah. Because The Walking Dead is huge. I always forget how huge The Walking Dead is in terms of viewership. It's huge. It's huge. So all these people are soon to be thems, especially because Black Panther will just keep getting sequels and like spinoffs and... Yeah. Um, At this rate. Crossovers, probably. And I think that's all we have to say about the who's and thems of Black Panther. Yeah, I guess the question really, though, is like, I so much of this movie, I give credit to Ryan Coogler. Like, I just feel like he he's just so mm-hmm. much of this. Like, he directed it and wrote it. And I just feel like a lot of it's He's good. only made, we didn't mention, he's only made like two other movies. Two other movies, which yeah. is insane. He made Fruitvale Station. Yeah. He made Creed, both with Michael B. Jordan. But like, Creed is a miracle because like, the sequel to Rocky should not have been good and it was great. So like. <laughs> and then everyone was like, I'm crying. Yeah. I love Creed. So like, there's no reason why Creed should have been good. It was good only because of this person. And like like Black Panther like had all the odds against it too just because like Marvel movies like mostly suck except for I guess Wonder Woman like which didn't suck recently and that's just, DC like, by the way that's oh it DC. is Marvel okay. movies people like God superhero Marvel movies Marvel movies people like I just like I mostly hate all super movie superhero movies I do too like I, just, I never see them my eyes glaze over and like I just can't focus on them and so like it just for me the odds were against it in terms of being like critically good maybe you know they're always kind of popular moving on Hi, Who Weekly. Uh, my name is Samantha. I'm one of your listeners who is based in Paris. And I wanted to let you know that this Valentine's Day, I decided to make a pilgrimage to the one and only Yummy Pop. Uh, and I really thought it was going to be full of people wanting to get the best of ScarJo's popcorn. Uh, and it would be really charming because it was in a cute neighborhood. But I'm here to tell you it is very depressing. I was like the only person there, me and my friend, uh, the lady who ran it was very nice. She, you know, gave us her advice on the popcorn, which was just kind of like movie theater popcorn. There was one that vaguely had truffle oil, but I think that was kind of BS. Um, and I asked her if she saw Scarlet, and she said she comes by whenever she's in Paris, and she called her la patronne, like the boss lady, so that was kind of funny. But uh, long story short, we paid like six euros for some very overrated caramel corn, and then we just ate it at a bar. So I just thought you'd like to know. Uh, and in any event, uh, good form, Bella Thorne. And of course, Scaljou, you meep up. Bye. Um, thank you so much for that uh, correspondent, international correspondent check-in. Yummy Pop sounds just as depressing as I always imagined. <laughs> le Patron. <laughs> Ooh, it. Le Patron's in town. Time to like judge up the popcorn. Like, how do you even like... It's funny imagining her going in being like, Yo soy le Patron. And they're like, Scarlet, that's Spanish. <laughs> Scarlet, no. Um, we need. Hey, to, how's the popcorn? Just, hey. Hey, how's the popcorn going? Imagine cool, why cool, would cool, she cool, ever cool, go cool, in cool. there? Like that's truly. Come on. A, a, a photo moment? I don't know. Le yummy pup. Anyways, <laughs> glad to know that le, business is still in business. Pup. I don't know. I just love confirmation that yummy pop is a sad business. Like, of course it's a sad. It's a popcorn store in Paris. Vaguely. Vaguely tastes of truffle oil. Oh, right. How sad. I mean, what do you... Uh, I can't imagine that business being positive in any way. Like, <laughs> like I just... I can't... Like, I... I 
just... I would love to hear uh, uh, what I'm what I'm dying for is to hear Marion Cotillard like laughing about yummy pop in French. Le scarjo. Le scarjo. Yummy pop. Yummy pop. Do you hear she has a popcorn store? Chain chain smoking. Le popcorn store. I mean, for all we know, it's like a it's a front for like a something devious like you know it's like a tax front. like it for probably, all we know like it probably I mean, is they're all right? tax they're all reasons yeah. to evade taxes i'm sure it's totally it's like scarlo her account was like sink a couple like million into like a, a business this yummy in pause. france and, and she's, then she's like, like what business and he's like i don't care what the fucking business is open the popcorn factory for all i care scarlet just sink the money in there <laughs> she was like wait <laughs> <laughs> How do you say wait in in French? Attends. Attends. (laughs) Attends. Wow, your French is better than mine. That's like fine. Okay, great. One day, I mean, I feel like we have to go to Yummy Pop before it closes, which seems like (laughs) very soon. Like tomorrow. (laughs) Tomorrow. Okay. L'affluence était au rendez-vous pour l'ouverture de la boutique de popcorn de Scarlett Johansson, Yummy Pop. Les fans avaient fait la queue depuis 10h du matin, espérant apercevoir l'actrice. La boutique installée dans le marais est dirigée par la sœur de son mari, Romain Doriac. Des pop-corns à la truffe, à la fraise, au cheddar ou encore à l'huile d'olive y sont proposés à la vente. Hey Bobby Hey, Lindsay. So I've heard that you've like gotten into this new show lately and I feel like you really <laughs> haven't explained to me what the deal is. Lindsay. Of course I've gotten into this new show. Why? Because it's our new sponsor. Oh. Of course I'm into it. But also I'm into it because it's very good. And I've actually watched more episodes than you, which is sort of a twist. I Usually know, you well, get more passionately into shows than I do. But I was like, all in. Let well, me tell you. It's related to a show that I'm very passionate about. But it's a new show, which makes me like extremely excited to like really dive in. I've seen the first one. But can you just like talk to me about what this show is a little oh bit? Oh my god, yes. So Music City, if you love the show Nashville, it's like a fictional show about the country music business. Music City is like the hills meet Nashville, which means it's like up and coming or wannabe musicians or wannabe music people in Nashville. And like what the business is like whenever you're sort of a struggling artist. But it's like shot like the hills. It's like about everything. It's about like love. Yeah. It's about life. It's about like the music. It's about it's it's about everything, which is funny. It's really like, good. Nashville is like very the, the show. Nashville is like not really as much about music anymore as you would think. Like there's a steroid plot line on it now. Somebody joined a cult <laughs> this season. Like it's, there's a cult. Oh, yeah. Like. Hayden Pennington joined a cult. You didn't know this? I didn't tell you this? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. There's no cults on Music City, but there is a lot of music and there's like relationships and friendships and dramas. And it's it's made by the people who made The Hills. So immediately the visual language is like, oh, I'm comfortable here. No, like I know what I'm doing. It's a truly like familiar and comfortable place to go for a reality show. It's yeah, got it's like, so it's got soaring j- drone shots of Nashville. It's got everything you need. It's got like the little identifiers where it tells you who everyone is immediately each time, even though you already know them. And it tells you what song is playing. And they sing covers, like the characters. They sing like covers, like country okay, music. But let's style. talk about the characters. Let's okay, talk about the fine. characters because they're all these good characters, and they fill all of the buckets that you want from a reality show, especially. Right. 
if you are into the hills. Um, although it's not as, we keep saying the hills, but it's not really as dramatic about that because they're older. Well, they're what's like interesting in is like, as somebody who's like been very much like vocal about her passion for Flora Bomashore and like kind of the recent. Like <laughs> this the, is not that. <laughs> like this is not that. It's, it's, but I liked, I appreciate them both because I, I appreciate the like all out brawls of Flora Bomashore. Yeah. But then I also kind of love the like opposite, which is like kind of this Zen version of it where these people are slightly older. They have, some of them have kids. They're in their 30s and they're like, what am I going to do with my life? Like, am I, did I make the right decision? Yeah, what yeah, am yeah. I doing? There's um, Elisa, who I think is one of the favorites. She just moved to Nashville from L.A., She's can we just, like, can I just LA. say that I'm we have like fully stalked all these people and they have great Instagram. Oh, yeah. So like they all have we followed a great thing is is that since they're new who's, we followed them all on Instagram and a lot of them started following back and it was like, <laughs> yes, because they're like hungry who's. I love it. No, they're I very no, they're real people. And so you can truly they started go watching you our can Instagram like, stories, Lindsay. I've noticed wait, that they watch really? our Instagram stories. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But you can go back in their feeds and like find out kind of like their histories, which is like yes. even which when you watch the show, like kind of adds to it. You can give yourself this It adds this to background. it and it makes it and you're like, oh, this is real. Like, this is not a joke. Anyway, so there's Elisa. She's like the sexy bartender, but she's also like a, a wannabe singer songwriter. But she's from L.A. So that's her thing, which is really cool. So she has like she's the outsider from L.A., but she's, you know, she loves Nashville. And then we went to her Instagram and like you could see the first time she went to Nashville like a year or two ago. And she was like, I really fell for this city. And it's like, this is so real. Anyway, then there's Jessica, who Lindsay and I call not Anna Camp. She looks like she... <laughs> Anna Camp, but she's not Anna Camp. <laughs> but she's not Anna Camp. She's like sexy singer songwriter, but she's also a virgin, which is important. We're not just saying that. We're not just like she's a virgin who can't drive. She's like a virgin, and it's a whole thing. It's important because she's on a blind date with someone. She's else also not she's Anna like, Camp. She's not Anna Camp, but she has to explain like I'm a virgin. She doesn't drink either. She goes on a date with this guy that we'll mention in a little bit. But the point is that she invites him to her show and she sings a song about like trying to find her like true love to him. Like, and he's like, oh my god. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh boy, oh boy. Then oh there's. Boy. Th- then there's then there's the hunk construction hunk. We call him um, construction sexy hunk. daddy. Yeah. His name is Carrie. He's sec- he's literally sexy daddy. Um, his thing is he's actually sort of like a successful musician in that he tours, you know, right? Um, where he goes around the country and he plays shows. But his wife is at home with the kid, and so and she's not happy about like, it. I'm I want to go to law school. I'm like you're always traveling. I'm like I knew marrying an artist would be a big thing, but I didn't realize it'd be like this. So there's relationship tension there it's very hills where they show her computer and they have her type in like law school los angeles like did she just it's like so searching good. on google and you're like ah! but it's such a good like it, the show the show just understands the beats of like what makes captivating reality tv so well anyway carrie is construction hunk i recommend following on instagram then there's personal trainer hunk his name is jackson he is funny because he's not <laughs> He's the one guy that's not a singer-songwriter. But he he's just sings like, sometimes. He sings sometimes, but he's just like orbiting all of these people. Right, but he's... His whole thing is like, I'm hot, but like, am I a troublemaker? Maybe. I'm into the virgin. But is it weird that she's a virgin? Maybe. Well, he gets set up on a date because I guess he's the trainer of Rachel with a Y who's married to yes. Carrie, the construction honk. So he gets set up with not Anna Cam and they go on a date. <laughs> and you can tell that like, he's just like kind of a sexy dude and she's like oh my god I'm looking for my husband and he's like oh god and also mm-hmm. the other thing about him is that they bring in his cousin whose name is Alexandra the beauty queen cousin who is wants to be Miss Tennessee and you find out that he's from a very rich family they're both like kind of from the right side of the tracks and they're very southern 
Like, it's very, like, family, Southern. Yeah. Big hair. The last character is the they're, baby, they're Wolfgang. Big, is the construction hunk and Rachel with a wise baby named Wolfgang. He's very cute. Anyways, that's, like, the, that's just their baby. I'm really into the show because I'm loving watching them, like, start to embrace their hoodum, mm-hmm. you know? They are thirsty to become thems, though. These aren't who's that are satisfied being who's. Like, these who's want to be thems so badly. No, and it's great because, like, if you've ever been to Nashville, it's, like, a totally fun way to, like, re-experience, like, experience Nashville. Like, it's just, it's super set in the city, and you see all these familiar places. They go to all these bars that you've definitely been to. They, you know, they're, they're like, eating all the food that you've you've eaten if you've been there. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just very, very Nashville-y. I'm just hoping that they go to Florida Georgia Line What's it called? The Florida Georgia Line Bar? FGL House? Yo, you have, like, I need to take you to the Florida Georgia Line House. Well, if they go to the the FGL House, I will definitely keep you up to date because I'm going to keep watching the show. I mean, I'll keep watching too. Like, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the Florida Georgia Line House myself and see if I can, like, hang out with them. But how can people watch the show? People can watch the show because it premieres on CMT next Thursday at 10, 9 Central. Central, for all you people who live in the Central Time Zone, like Nashville residents. Or is Nashville Eastern? No, it's Central. Okay, well, then we got it right. Thursday, 10, 9 Central. It's so good. Uh, we'll keep you up to date. We're going to check in in a few weeks. But I think you should start watching with us so we can, like, watch together. Yes. Anyway, watch it. Your marriage is stronger than some guy. I don't know that. Were you trying to hurt her? Absolutely not. It's either her or me. You're not compromising. I'm staying here. What do you think? Hello. Will you please just talk about queer i i don't i don't know what they're all who's i don't know bye Lindsay texted me do we talk about because Lindsay, you listened to the calls this week and she was like do we talk about your pick do we talk about russell toby getting engaged or queer eye and i was like Lindsay, that's sophie's choice that's literally sophie's choice he chose and i went with he queer, chose queer i think uh the russell toby Russell's thing, all, as you said it's niche it's a little niche. even more niche I think it's more, I mean, nothing's too niche for you, I think, in this world. But I think Queer Eye is something that, like, a lot of people are watching and enjoying because it's on Netflix it's, and it's an unexpected It's having a hit. moment. It's having a moment. Yeah. It's very emotional. It's, like, weirdly well done. No one was expecting the Queer Eye return to be well done. Turns out it's well done. Did you Did you watch it? Yeah, I watched. Yeah, um, it's. I cried. I, I, like. Every, have you watched all of it? Um, I think I'm almost done. Yeah. Okay. Every episode is good. I would say I didn't like the last episode. The last episode is like, it's like a different structure. They're not doing a single, they're doing a person, but it's a firehouse. It's like they're redoing a whole firehouse for like a charity event. It's not as fun. It's not as fun. I think if you want to watch the most moving episodes, you watch the first episode and then the third episode or the fourth episode, the one with the guy who... The one with the gay guy. Yeah. Who's closeted at first. Yeah. There's a closeted gay guy. It's my favorite episode. Um, They help a closeted gay guy like come out to a stepmom. That's very good. Anyway, point being we have to stop talking about like the plot lines it's a new cast also it's not called queer for the straight guy anymore it's just straight up called queer eye what can i just say what i like about it overall though is like kind of how the guys like interact with each other i find very charming like it just is like it's like a group of guys you can tell are like actually good friends and get along and it's not no one's trying to outdo each other they clearly support each other and it's like a nice to see that i don't know is that weird it's just over it's like really it's not as woke as it thinks it is. You should read. Uh, there's a piece by my coworker I Rich mean, on Jezebel that's very good. Is. It's not as woke as it thinks. Nothing is. It's it's very top level. It's very, as as he puts it, it's very frivolous. It's very like it's very um, image centric. Which you know there are some problems with focusing entirely on uh, the physical appearance of someone and like. Uh, you know whether or not they dress well or whether or not their apartment is clean. Like they don't really delve into like the psychological issues behind a lot of these. They people. try. 
Um, they try, but you know, to their credit, they're really not qualified to do that. No. So who cares? Um, but it is just like so overwhelmingly sweet that you kind of overlook some of the 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 insufficient areas of of its like methodology. There is not a nasty bone in this show's body, and it's all of these cast members are just like so likable. Something that that about the show that bugs me is that why are they helping straight guys? The show is more fun when they help gay guys, and just to show like how influential this was on young gay people who came of age during the first. That's true. Queer it's like it's like, like he learned... for the straight guys kind of against the the whole thing now. Like that's kind of yeah, not like even make, the point. Yeah. Make queer eye for the for the queer eye. Anyway. <laughs> um queer eye for the queer guy. But that's but that represents the progression of culture where it's like it used to be like queer men were se- gay men, queer men were seen as all one thing and now it's like yes. you can be anything and like you can be gay and mm. not like no fashion. They're mm-hmm. you know, like that's okay. So yeah. it's kind of nice that that's like the thesis of this show at this point. But then there's so there's Bobby Burke, he's the interior design guy. He's um he is really good. He's charming. He like every once in a while will reference like a very like dark past. He comes yeah. from like a very like religious well, background. Because they had that episode with the with the pastor with who the has Trump like forty five yeah. kids and he like kind of related to him on that level. He's like, I used to be he's like like, do you like gay people? And they were like, We love everyone. We like they always say the same thing. We love everyone. Yeah. Like we love everyone. and he was like, yeah. Oh, okay, bye. <laughs> was, um, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he he's from the South. He like mentions that his family was like not happy when he came out. Um but again, like he's an interior designer. Then there's Karamo Brown. He's culture, which is the most useless <laughs> category, but it's fine. He, I was gonna say he and An- Anthony are very like they're just like like handsome guys who like help give people confidence. But Karamo, they're just confidence. You giver. might remember is from he was on Real World Philadelphia, <laughs> and he was, yeah, in the, what he was a- on the challenge. Real World Philadelphia, I gotta say, maybe it was just my age, but that was around the time that I stopped watching. Well, it was funny because there was two gay guys on Real World Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. A really funny uh, piece of trivia about Karamo is on the Real World Philadelphia wiki, and it says, Karamo was a contestant on a 2003 episode of The Fifth Wheel, a heterosexual reality dating game show. He and another male contestant went on a joint date with three female contestants, with Karamo giving no indication that he is gay. (laughs) Well, maybe he wasn't Um, sure. I don't know. Times have change so karamo's um, great and let's move on though to you mentioned anthony but let's he's kind of the breakout aside Anthony's from, kind of the breakout just because like i hot. feel like he's he's like the hottest one he's very hot his thing is food though but like it's hard to teach someone how to cook on a 45 minute show and also when they're doing all sorts of other things you can't really teach someone how to cook so every episode just like the original queer eye he just teaches them how to make one dish but it just so happens that these dishes are like particularly simple and I know. it's like are you kidding? The first one, he just slices up grapefruit and avocado and puts it on a plate. But what? But I think a lot of people are like, can he cook? Question mark. And it's like, yes. but the so point, there are these stories the about like, can Anthony them, cook? Is Anthony a the fraud? The point is not to teach them how to cook. It's how to like do what they're like preparing for. So like he teaches like if they're having a party, he's like, here's some here's like an easy canapé that you can like prepare yourself. Like here's yes. an easy like. But it's also, it's also, but also I think a lot cook? of it is just giving giving the confidence of like. You are capable of cooking more if you choose to. Okay, and turns out the reason why he got this job is because he's friends with Ted Allen, who was the original food guy. But basically, the funniest thing about Anthony is that if you look through, all mentions of Anthony over the past few days have been basically like, eyes emojis cook? where it's like, mm. like he'll post a photo of like a beautiful thing on his Instagram, like a, a roasted chicken, but it's like, did he cook this? No. <laughs> Everyone's questioning, like, did he cook this? And we don't know. Then there's Tan, who is, uh, Tan or Tan, I actually don't remember. He's He's probably... He's he might be my second favorite after Jonathan just because he does the most. Like he 
he spends the most time, they or the show spends the most time on him because I think a stylist is a very like understandable profession and it's like easy to show that you are this person and you are good at this in a way that it's hard to show that you're like. Well, it's true because the things that really change them are what they wear and what they and look like and, and yes. what they're, and like honestly, they what they want the most is like a home makeover. Yeah, so he is really good and they spend a lot of time on, on him just because fashion's a fun thing to watch. Like watching someone try on new clothes and be like, I don't want to wear colors. I don't want to wear patterns. Then like putting them on a being like this is tight yeah he owns a he owns a clothing company and and called yeah. kingdom and state so he's like a thing. he dresses so well yeah. it's like upsetting yeah then the next guy is jonathan van ness who like we said is sort of like the breakout star just because he's he's the funniest he's the one who's cracking the most jokes the yeah. whole show he just cracks jokes yeah um so of course it's easy to love him uh he is the grooming guy so he's the one who like there's one guy who has long hair and he's so scared of cutting it he has a long beard he doesn't want to cut it and like he teaches them that you know Try something new. A lot of like a lot of beard oil in this show. <laughs> like a lot of beard yeah. oil. Like queer, he's very <laughs> love queer. Love it. It's really good. Anyway, you should watch it. Um, I don't know in terms of like, will any of these people become thems? I don't think so. I don't think ever. <laughs> Never. Not in a million years. <laughs> this is but <laughs> I think I think they are like perfect who's. And I, I think I they think are the the reason why. And I think they are the types of they are the types of who's who will just like like us in in terms of not that we're who's. I'm saying. They're thirsty for things that who's get, like oh, sure. Instagram sponsorships, you know, like invites to parties. Like, I don't want to be a them. I just want to get like Instagram sponsorships. But also, and you are, don't worry. But the 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 thing about the, the show is that it's an ensemble. So unless you have like a real, real, real breakout, you're not going to really, people are going to assume, people are going to lump you together. And really only Ted, Ted and Carson are the only ones who really crossed over. I could from the last see one. Anthony doing like, getting a job on like the today show or like good more like being, being a, he, like a food consultant one of yeah. those like kind of tv food guys because he's like kind of charming and like i get or i, I don't know it. i'm just spitballing here but like a youtube show where he just cooks without a shirt on you know like <laughs> Wait, i'm sorry where are you spit excuse me excuse Excuse me. You know, like that's what he does. Wow, I've never heard such like um, a spitball before. Like, is that where are you? So, where are you spitballing? No, uh, if you look at his Instagram, there's like photos of him like cooking without a shirt on. Um, <laughs> Jonathan Van Ness, I think, already has things. Like he he already has a, a YouTube show where he like does people's hair and they talk about Game of Thrones. No, I He's think they all probably have things, but I just think it's gonna it's gonna be nearly impossible to be to have no matter how big queer eye gets which i think is it's yes. pretty big and a lot of people are watching it talking about it it's gonna be very hard to break out of this because they're seen as an ensemble it's it's never gonna it, the them them is not gonna happen but i they don't seem particularly interested in even becoming them so, yeah. you know yeah. i don't know yeah. i don't know but yeah. what do i know about what people want uh, I think that's it for this week, isn't it? We've had so much. It's a jam-packed episode. We've had a lot, and we hope that you enjoyed it. I feel like we covered, like, some really important stuff. I think we did, too. Thanks for calling 619-WHO-THEM. Keep calling. <laughs> Keep. Sh- we love when you call 619-WHO-THEM. Uh, we will see you on Monday. We hope you have a great weekend. Watch Queer Eye. <laughs> Watch Music City next week. What else do you have to do? <sighs> go see Black Panther in theaters. Oh, go see Black Panther. A lot of good culture this this week. A lot of good culture. And if you happen to be in Paris, go to Yummy Pop. Oh, my God. But don't report back. We don't need any more calls about it. <laughs> you could take a photo of, like, yourself around the sign, yeah, like, take... tag us. And if you happen to see Le Patron, say hello for us. Don't talk to Le Patron. Don't look Le Patron in the eye. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> even better. Even better if you happen to walk by Yummy Pop when its doors are being shuttered. <laughs> we need a video. Oh my god. If like if Yummy Pop closes before I get a chance to go, I'm gonna be super bummed. So I guess I gotta plan a trip to Paris soon. Yeah. Zutalors, you know. <laughs> Let's end. We have Zutalors. Zutalors. Okay. Uh, we are done. Bye everyone. Okay, bye. Tut- what do you how do you say see you later? What's the uh Adaman? You will say that. Today's episode of Who Weekly is brought to you by the new series Music City, premiering next Thursday, March 1st at 10 9 Central, only on CMT. That was a headgum podcast. How was her skiing? What was her speed? She placed fourth in giant slalom? She's the Who Snow Queen. Tens of viewers want to know why NBC is obsessed with this Who. Lindsay Bobby, tell us now. What's Michaela Schiffern up to?